Hello, comrades. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. The one and the only podcast. Dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. I am Comrade Jeff. I am Comrade David. And I have to defecate. <laughs> Comrade David no, Davidovich. Defect. Oh, defect. Uh, Not defecate. Not defect, of course. I stole that from that movie. Remember when there were clowns? I do not know where you're going with this, but... Rob- Robin Williams. He was a Russian defected in the circus. Oh, okay. Name I, of movies. I believe so. Hugh. <laughs> yeah. Dostoevsky. Today we are celebrating the, we? the election of Mr. Trump. Because now we are friends with America Friends again. with America. As should be. No more bad Obama. Always criticizing Russia. That's right. Now we can celebrate Mr. Putin. We have quite party here. We have our shirts off. And not wearing pants as usual. And we'll be playing our shirt. We'll be uh, firing the shirts in later with our shirts off. The shirts German word. Oh. Yeah, we, sh- we should have taken more of Germany. And now, show ending. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, show back again. So here we are. It's been a very exciting week in it's the world. It's been an exciting week in the world. I mean, we've got that huge, huge, huge thing that just happened. The Cubs won the World Series. Cubs won the World Series. That means hell froze over. Yep. And it means Donald it is Trump the end of the won world. the presidency and... Like likewise, whatever you think of it, it's pretty extraordinary. It is extraordinary. Yeah, we don't we do it, not do politics on this show, <laughs> except we celebrate democracy. Yes, the people have spoken. Actually, it's not democracy because oh, Hillary look, Clinton. Oh, you're not going to start the that electoral vote. college business, are you? She won the popular you vote. Are just sour grapes. I'm not saying we liberal. should get rid of the electoral college. I'm just saying it's not really democracy if the majority doesn't win. Yeah, it's a federalist system, right? It is. Yes. So it's designed with protections. Yes. To ensure that the people do not do crazy things. Yes. Yeah. Those crazy cavalier people. Yeah. They can do nutty things when they. It doesn't take much either. It doesn't. So that's why we live in a federal system designed by our founding fathers. And no, it is exciting. It is. It is. Again, like you said, no matter what you think, it is populism. It is the people have spoken. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. And you get that outsider thing. And again, no matter what you think about that, it's something a little different. Yeah. It can be fun to watch. And you can, uh, you know, you can look at it and be very upset. Or you can try to make the best of it because that's all we—that's all we can do. That's right, and it could be some great things. Yeah, I, and I, for one, am glad that it's done because it was emotionally draining. I, I couldn't concentrate on ASL during that whole <laughs> process because it was—I was so I don't engrossed. Know. I, I thought you played just fine the other day. I did play well. <laughs> I didn't play well, but I played okay. I, I won. You didn't seem that distracted. Yeah, well, I was over it by then. It was all. I'm drinking vodka tonight and vodka to celebrate our new friendship. And I'm drinking Oktoberfest to celebrate triumph over Hitler and Nazi Germany. Nastrovia. 
I drink at the Oktoberfest. I drink them right down, and I piss them out later. Yeah. <laughs> I piss them right out later. Sorry, children at home. I don't know if I told you this, but I took a semester of Russian in college because I thought it would be cool, and I kind of had a thought that, you know, I was going to get into the service somewhere, like the CIA, oh, intelligence. I, actually, Central I would like to work for the FBI. Yeah. And so I took a I took Russian at that junior college because I knew that the FBI really didn't want the top cream of the crop. I knew they wanted like where I was, which was really kind of the bottom of the crop, even kind of underneath the crop, where all the crop lives. <laughs> oh, the chaff. Isn't that the, the chaff? Yeah. The chaff. I took Russian, and I re- the only sentence I remember is... Slava Bogu, Sivodnya Pyatnitsa. Oh, good. Good. Which means... Bring thank, me the pizza, please. Thank God it's Friday. <laughs> That's what it means. Isn't dwi a word? Dwi? Dwi. Dostoevsky. Um, oh, that's the guy's writer's name. Because every year I watch a scene from Dr. Strangelove when we study the Cold War. Oh, fun. I have a great day, folks. You'd love to be in my class. You How should I- be broadcasting your class. People would pay money. You know, when I retire, I'm making all this on YouTube. Yep. I'm taking all my stuff with me out of that Take room. it all. Uh, one day, how artists deal with war, and I show my paintings painted as an art student in the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Lots of bombs falling from the skies and things. Mm-hmm. We you have paintings to... of that? I do. I've never I seen I have not those. walked you through my art. No. Have you got, like, is there another door in the basement that I haven't seen that opens <laughs> onto this gallery? And... Some of the paintings were sold. Into private collections. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm laughing and making light yeah. of it. That's, I mean, that's I got 70 really bucks cool. from some kids in college. Yeah. They loved them. Um, and some are at home. A couple are at school. Mm-hmm. And then I... I can't believe you've got the bombs picture hanging like in your bedroom or something. No, no. Well, at school I have I have two of them there. Occasionally huh. a kid will ask about them. I'll say, we're going to learn about that when we learn about the Cold War. How artists deal with war. Then we listen to... 99 loof balloons oh yeah again no matter what you think of it <laughs> it does fit how artists deal with war because at the end of the song spoiler alert nuclear destruction right and it's true. uh we listen to that song you love by that guy on the piano who's next to get the bomb Oh, yes, Who's Tom Lehrer. Tom Lehrer. I love him. I think you yeah. sent me that one. And I think I, I did, incorporated yeah. it now into my lesson plan. First, Kids we got it. the bomb, and that was good, because hey. we love peace and motherhood. Then Russia got the bomb, Bombing. but that's okay, because the balance of peace is maintained that, that way. way. Who's, Who's next? next? Yeah, and kids who are really on top of it, they get that right away and start laughing. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, and then... Uh, Doctor Strange love when he rides the bomb down. Oh yeah, Yahoo. you got to you know Sergeant Kong. You got to yeah do that. The fa- the fabulous Chill Wills. Mm-hmm. And so in this scene where the president calls the Soviets to tell them the bombs are launched, yeah, Peter Sellers does a great job. Uh, Dmitri, <laughs> that's it. And the Russian guy's in the background. And then he he talks to the premier. And he goes. He says a bunch of stuff in Russian. I now have all these Russian immigrant kids. And they, I love watching their faces because they're listening and then they're, interp- you know, and they're, I can see they get it. And then I will say, pause it and say, do you understand? And, well, yeah, he's saying this and then this, but his accent's really horrible. 
So anyway. Yeah. Good stuff. I'd love to sit in on that class. I would pay money for that. Yeah. Not to you, though. <laughs> I don't know. Give it to my favorite charity. So what so, else is new, Jeff? Well, I was I was on vacation for two weeks. I saw your Facebook posts. It looked and, fun. Yeah, it was very fun. And uh, we saw some interesting World War II stuff while I was down there. Uh, we went to New Orleans. We took the train. We took the city of New Orleans train. New Orleans. New Orleans from Chicago to New Orleans. We visited the National World War II Museum there. And I'm going to I'm going to say I, I didn't really oh. think that was great. Hmm. Honestly, I found it confusing. You've been to Cantini? Yes, and I really like Cantini. Uh, I'm telling you, it's a world-class museum, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Right here in Wheaton, folks. Yeah. Uh, but I would go back to the National World War II Museum. We were only there for a couple of hours. We kind of had to do it between things. Ah, when I retire, but um, maybe I'll go down there and straighten that, that museum out. Yeah, I think they need it. And then we went to, my favorite part was, we drove along the coast and we stopped in Mobile, Alabama and saw the battleship Alabama, which was parked in the harbor there. Coincidence? Or? I think so. It just happened to run aground in Alabama. <laughs> But that was an amazing thing. You just go in and they let you walk on the ship. And yeah. we only had a, we had about three hours there. And my wife said we should have spent the whole day here because it was amazing. We got through three of the lower decks of the ship. We never got up under the superstructure. I mean, we, there just wasn't enough time. And plus, besides the Alabama being there, there's a, can't remember the name of it, but there's a submarine there. And there's an air museum there as well. And just great stuff. So, And I was, th- I said to my wife, Robin. I call her Robin. I said, Robin, I said. She said, what? <clears throat> Am I adding too much detail? No. And I you're, said. You're repeating the same jokes all the time on the show. I, oh, oh, am I? Of course. Well, that's my, uh, that's my Alzheimer's kicking in. No, I said, you know, I should run a trip down here, like the two half squads uh, tour of uh, World War II sites in the, along the coast. We could run a trip. You know how sometimes, like the, I don't know, the Backstreet Boys are on a cruise somewhere in the Caribbean. We could do Jeff and Dave in, uh, along the Gulf Coast. Maybe we should do that. That would be fun. I would be up for that. People would come just to be with us because that's so impressive. Anyway, had a lot of fun. Glad well, to be back. very, though. very good. Glad to be back and uh, back into work. I'll bookmark a page for that museum. Oh, good. And the links. Good. But this is the Two Half Squads, the podcast, as we mentioned, and so maybe we should, uh, you know, we got a sponsor. We do have a sponsor. We have a traditional old sponsor, mm-hmm. which is Ritter Krieg. Ritter Krieg. Hey, you know, there are a lot of places on the internet to purchase ASL products, but listen, you're busy. Come on, you know... And we know that you're busy. And it's a hassle switching from website to website looking to purchase ASL gear. Well, there's a better way, Dave. What is it? Just direct your, browse, direct your browser to Ritterkrieg.com. Ritterkrieg is your one-stop shop for ASL goodies. From official MMP modules and packs to great third-party stuff from the likes of Bounding Fire Productions, LeFranc Terrier... Lone Canuck, Friendly Fire, Heat of Battle, Battle School, and more. And more. Plus, if you haven't checked out their OBA cards, you're missing out. 
And you don't want to be missing out, do you? Although those are going to be out of production. So you better get them quick. That's right. they be collector's items. But besides being the single best source for all your ASL needs, there's another great reason to buy from Ritter Creek, and it's called free shipping. That's right. Your order is lovingly packed by Derek Ritter himself while he's dressed in the finest Chinese silk pajamas. Then your package is sealed with a kiss and sent to you for free. Unless you're one of the 95% of the world's population that lives outside of the continental USA, in which case you have to pay the stork rate. Oh. That's what you have to pay a stork to bring you this stuff, which is So when people have costly. babies, they have to pay extra money for yes, the Yes, it costs delivery? you about the same amount as a, having a baby. <laughs> To get this stuff shipped. But still, you want to buy from Ritter Creek because it will lower your cholesterol and put hair on your chest. Certainly will. So remember, the next time you're thinking about Krieg, go the extra mile and think, Ritter Ritter Krieg. Krieg. Ritter Krieg. We put the Krieg back in your pants. Excellence. Support Ritter Krieg. So we're glad to have them as a proud sponsor. I don't know if they're proud after this Add, but we'll, we'll hear from Derek. He may want us to go back to the other one. <laughs> he probably will. But we like to mix it up. So. And that means it's time for Letters. Yes, it is. The new, exciting Letters music. Courtesy of Adam, Adam Kleinschmidt playing Der Wanderer. And playing it very well, I might add. Four mallets. Two hands. Two hands, four mallets. Now, if he had four hands for two mallets, he'd really be amazing. <laughs> that would be different. Thank you, Adam. And I have a letter here from... Nice fade out, Jeff. On the- yeah, that was, it was a bit abrupt. It was a, That was known as a quick fade. <laughs> I have a little quick message from Steve Weber. He You're kind of critical tonight. You're Steve, a little critical of me. I'm, you know. <laughs> Steve, we remember what we were talking about before we started yeah, the banter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not sure I like this side we, of Dave Kleinschmidt. <laughs> he says we enjoy. He, he enjoys the Two Half Squad show and uh, all the segments. Feels like he's sitting around a table with friends listening to them discuss the nature of the universe, everyday experiences, and advanced squad leader will... It sounds like an endorsement for banter to me. It does, yeah. Man. So next show, we're going to discuss the nature of the universe. <laughs> Thank you, Steve, for checking in with us. We have a uh, somebody wrote us on the contact form on our website, and he's, uh, this is Wayne Saunders writing. Hi, Jeff and Dave. Been listening since late 2011. I credit you guys with getting me back into ASL and gaming in general, starting in spring of 2012. I've been to a couple of small tourneys since then and play fairly regularly. Anyway, I'll be passing through Palatine from Mechanicsville, Virginia. Mechanicsville, Virginia. I looked that up. If you look here on the map, Dave, notice it's in red. Oh, it is? It's one of the red areas. Cool. Yeah, Mechanicsville. They voted red. <laughs> there's no politics on it the was, show, Jeff. No, there's no politics. We would it's love red. to host you it's sometime. Red. I love the fact that it is red <laughs> in Mechanicsville. But now he, he didn't come out. Is, does he go on to say more? Well, he says uh, he's going to be passing through Palatine on August 14th and wondered if either you two might be up for a game Sunday afternoon. Oh, I think I was on vacation. Did you respond? I... I'm sure I did. <laughs> 
if we if I didn't, I'm going to respond now. I'm afraid we won't be able to do that because we're both on vacation that week. Oh, you were also. Yeah. Um, I was that weekend. We were in Wisconsin. Thought I'd take a long shot. Feel free to email. Roll low, Wayne. Wayne Saunders. Sorry to miss you, Wayne. Maybe next time you're coming through. And I guess you're yes. back in Mechanicsville, and we'd still we'd like to know what's going on in Mechanicsville. Yep. On the gaming scene, let us know. Sure. And we have a letter here from John Scott. Who? John Scott. Who? John Scott. Ah. And uh, he says, I wanted to let you guys know I was listening to your podcast on one of my long drives, and you had your commercial for Ritter Creek. Now I'm out 40 bucks for those darn OEA cards that I'm anxiously awaiting to receive in the mail. It's all your fault, Jeff, and I want you to publicly acknowledge that fact. I'm publicly acknowledging that fact. And you have taken advantage of the ASL affliction, to which I understand is without a permanent cure. That's this true. virus at times seems to disappear, but it always returns. It does. It does. Apologize for taking advantage of us so afflicted. You are but a couple of enablers. I, isn't there a song for that? Enablers? How's it going? I don't know. I'll have to think about it, but... There's probably a song for that somewhere. Now I find myself... You enablers. ...searching in vain, trying to find out how to order a hat. Do you know of anyone selling hats? Well, John F. Scott. Yes, we do. We do. And I believe I already sent him a hat. If I didn't, email us again. But I think I did. So, yes, yeah, so hat, hat update. Down to like six, maybe. You're such an enabler. 20 bucks. You probably think ASL is just for you. Oh, that's the song I was you were thinking You're of. such an enabler. So yes, get your hat now while you can. I have a letter here from Anonymous. Actually, his name is Tim Keller from Michigan. He's, he wrote and said, I enjoyed the interview with Russ Gifford. Interesting history in the game's development and some of the personalities behind it. Thank you to the two half-squads for documenting such things. Interviews with John Hill and Ian Daglish, etc. Thank you to Russ Gifford for posting your ASL tutorials online. Yeah, Russ has been a great resource. Absolutely. He will, he will go down in history. I think on Mount Rushmore, they're going to add his face. Yep, and if you're one of these famous people, contact us. We'll get you onto the show. And get your face up on the mountain. You bet. I have one from... P.T. Younkins, just starting listening to the podcast. I'm trying to get back into gaming. Query, so you can't stay away for long. John Scott was right. Query, how well do the new starter kit maps work, Jeff, with the old-style mounted maps? Good. Why? You back that up. <laughs> I have to have a reason? Yeah, because we played on some old and new together last time, last night, two nights ago. Yeah, we did. Ago. Did it work? I'm, you know, I'm taking a new position, a new way of arguing, where I just, I just say, say something, good. and I have nothing to back it up with. Just good. I've learned that recently. They work tremendous. Good. Well, what we did was we took the They're tremendous. We took the starter kit map. We no, took, we did. Yeah. We took the starter kit maps and we put them on top of the cardboard maps. Yeah. So they were the same height as the other cardboard maps that yeah. you had. So if they're mismatched, you can still combine them. You just need to lay it on top of a different mounted map to give it the height yeah. to match the others. So it's good to keep a couple of the old map boards around for that purpose. Yes, yeah, so and he's asking about the cardstock. How do they hold up over time? I, I'm gaming a lot on my yeah. laminated maps, so 
Um, oh, you are. But everyone's playing with these new ones. Yeah, they, I, I mean, they fine. seem to hold up fine. I mean, it obviously, <coughs> bless you. Thanks. Yeah, obviously, it depends on how careful you are. And I notice yes. when people are playing ASL and a lot of games, they're really careful. We're careful. They're really careful. I was at a group uh, a couple of years ago. They were playing um, Mountains of Madness or something. There were like five of us at a guy's house, and uh, somebody spilled an entire Coke right on the board. Yes. Yeah. Boy, there was a scramble there. It was Tim's game. Mm. It was Tim's game. And he was, Tim was very gracious. He says, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. But he went home with that guy's car. So <laughs> it was really nice. It's only stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I think the card stock maps hold up just fine. And they I do, keep yeah. mine folded, unfold them. They don't seem to wear. No. Yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, and I was wor- I remember being a little worried about that when those those cardboard maps came out, but I, I don't know how they do it, that they fold and unfold so well, and yeah, over time, they, no don't, weird they don't wear out. And bending I don't know if anybody's found anything different, but yeah, I've Let us know if you have, listeners. Yeah. PJ Norton has... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he, you goes, got more? he goes on to say, how about a guide to the podcast so someone can look up a particular subject or module, etc.? We have one. It's oh, We're not going to show it to you. <laughs> it's, it's really rough, and when my computer crashed... It's what? Rough. It's what? When rough, rough. When my computer crashed last school year, mm-hmm. I lost the whole top half of the episodes where I didn't and filled everything in. So someday, I may go back and re-listen and fill all that in with yeah. the art review, the scenarios reviewed, the games and so on. The songs are in there and the funny opening, funny guy. Comedy I even bits. listed what the comedy bit was. Um, but there's a quick guide on our website. It's not updated quite yet, but it's up to 100, episode 147, where you can do quick links if you want to scroll yeah. down the titles, but the titles don't help you very much. No, usually not. Yeah. Like, really not, <laughs> a lot of the times. I uh, got an email from PJ Norton, uh, part of a broadcast email that he sent out to a bunch of folks. Hey, gang, Museum Fest is coming up in about a month. Oh, we missed that, didn't we? Museum Fest. That was September 16th, 17th, and 18th. I, you yep, know, I tweeted that out. Oh, did you? And I totally missed that. I can't. I was probably on another vacation. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to start taking vacations all the time. Because why not? Life is short. Except when you're listening to this show, it just seems to go on forever. I have one from. Uh, Grumble Jones, great interview. It's always good to hear what's happening at MMP. Perry is also just a great force for good in the game. That said, a big supporter of MMP, it is for me a bit disheartening to hear that the ASL starter kit projects will be competing with the full ASL for MMP's scarce resources. A few of us out there previously expressed a concern that ASL starter kit would become a separate entity instead of a gateway to ASL, like a gateway drug. And I think Perry's comments on this podcast would confirm that. StarKit has a life of its own. Well, he says, it's not a terrible thing. It just means that scarce MP resources will be stretched further. There are scarce what? Resources. They have resources at <laughs> MMP? <laughs> no, resources. And they're And Pulling out in front is Beetlebomb. 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 They have resources at MMP. That's amazing. They but, do. That's good. That and they often Perry. bring them down here to Arlington Track. I love. I'd love to see Perry in the jockey outfit, <laughs> carrying the little whip. And anyway, so that's what he's thinking. Goes on a little bit more. Um, 
Perry is correct. There's plenty out there to play. And yes, if it, I never own Armies of Oblivion in my lifetime, it's not a really big deal. I own more scenarios than I could possibly play in my lifetime. Well, he, he says it's a shame, though. What, is he a Buddhist? He, he wants to get that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he must be. How can you say that it's okay to not have Armies of Oblivion? That's really, that's practicing non-attachment right there. One of the key tenets of Buddhism. That's very true. Yeah. I'd like to also remind you that the show is brought to you from generous donations from listeners like Nelson Asada. Thank you, Nelson. Thank you, Nelson. Love you. This kiss is for you. Got one here. Another uh, email on our episode 165, Perry Interesting. Mike O. writes and says, Good interview. Always great to hear from Perry. I understand Grumble's concern about the starter kits, but I have to believe those have gotten more people into ASL the last few years than any other thing. I'm guessing they are pretty good sellers for MMP. Yanks is arriving this week, and Italians and French on the horizon. It's all good news. Great job, guys. Thanks. So, thanks and for writing, Mike. This show is also brought to you by kind donations from Stephen Z. Thank you very much, sir. And Stephen S. Thank you both for your kind donations. I'd love to have a last name that's that short. Just S. I have to write Hallett on everything. It's like, oh, who's got time? I want a name like Stephen S. And we have a, an official letter from P.T. Yonkins. So again, Ooh. we haven't heard from him until uh, these recent months, saying he'd been listening for a month or so, up to episode 36, as of 9-6-16. Shows you how backlogged we are on our mail. And enjoying them, Wargaming History goes back to 74 when he purchased D-Day at age of 12. But he, he played the games. Wow. All those games, Russian tw- Front, France, wow. and so on. Good he spent times. a few years in the Marine Corps. Thank you for serving. Yeah, really. ET, Thank you. Leaving as a captain. And yes, I believe the morale difference is justified. Oh, when the Marines and the uh, Army squads in ASL. Just saying. He's just saying. Don't He's want just to start saying. an Army Marine conflict here. No. Remember the morale? We're conflict? all about peace and togetherness yes. here. He got into ASL in the. 90s, got off track, and have been trying to get back on track recently. He says, I'm listening to your podcast and checking on some YouTube videos, including some of ours, though he wishes that he had an index of some sort, as he mentioned earlier. I do have some, what, random comments on aspects of the game that have been discussed in the first 31 episodes. And apologize if we've already covered these, but first, yes, a bazooka, etc., can be fired from a prone position, but you need to have your body at the right angle to fire the weapon, and you can't elevate it much. Hmm. That was one of our little side comments. Yeah, you don't want to blow your shoes that. off. <laughs> or your, yeah, your slippers. Rear end blow if, your you, slippers if you're lowering off. it a little too much. Yeah. Um, he says, I disagree with the somewhat random allocation of PF. Panzerfaust. Good. <laughs> though, though, I know, <laughs> though I know there's an alternative rule. Yeah, there is, where you can assign them to the squads. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Moltoff and ATM am also random. Either squad has them or they don't. Having the guts to use them is a different question, but I believe that is what the patsy is for. Yeah. That makes sense. He says, I would bring scouts back. That was in the original squad leader. Which, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You you probably, you're no, remembering that. No. You're not digging into your brain and remembering that? I, I never played squad leader. Oh, okay. Remember? Oh, that's right. I started yeah, with yeah, yeah. The, big, that's right. the big fat book. Yeah. And it scared me to death. <laughs> or 
or have a way to generate a low-level hero to reflect upon reflect calling upon the one guy in the squad brave or stupid enough to risk placing a dc oh using the panzerfaust etc and he says i still prefer the sniper counter though there would be times a commander would leave a sniper on his own i think there would be times the commander would tell the sniper to cover specific area for specific targets Mm. and so he'd he'd like a sniper counter rather than uh the random sniper I think that's what that we've saying. got now. Yeah, the yeah. sniper counter. I, I've, I've seen it from squad leader. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it depicts like you actually place it. Yeah, you can place it where uh, you want it, move it around mm. instead of random. Mm-hmm. But he's saying there could be times it could be this random idea yeah. too. And again, he enjoys the show, the guests, and the lessons we present. So that's a compliment because we're not really actually experts. We're not. <laughs> and he he obviously takes the game seriously, which is nice. It is I like nice. that. And he brings up some interesting things that are fun to converse about. Yes. So, Preston, thanks for that great letter. Semper Fi. I have a letter here from Ryan, who writes and says, Hi, Jeff and Dave. Ryan from Lawrence, Kansas, writing, I know you really want your fans to leave a voice message, but your rate of $2.99 for the first minute and $1.99 every minute after of that probably discourages some of us. You know, I read this. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if he was kidding or not. <laughs> so I went on and I tried it. And it's not, you it's, don't have to pay. It's free. But he's kidding, maybe, right? Do you think he's kidding? I think he's kidding. If, okay. you're, not, if you're not kidding, you're clicking the wrong button. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just finished listening through all your episodes for the second time and, believe it or not, eagerly await new shows. I wondered if you'd spend some time discussing the recently announced uh, historical ASL reprint of Festung Budapest. Six months into my ASL gaming, I feel it carries a fairly steep price tag for those of us still catching up on adding the core modules and supplementary products like action packs, etc. to our collection. Maybe other new players, too. Would be interested... Oh, maybe other new players, too. I've got to work on my English. Because I translated this to Russian and then back to English. I I, I think that's where it messed me up. Maybe other new players, too, would be interested in your thoughts on where we might prioritize Festung Budapest in our ASL spending queue. Keep rolling low. Regards, Ryan. Do you have, do you have a, a thought on that? I know I don't. You don't? I think everything should be at the top of the list. Yes, it's really hard kind to of, decide. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could wait on those more expensive ones. I, I don't think this one's going to sell out. As quickly, or MMP is making more of these products, or I don't know. Is you know, I, I, safe to say that because when it's gone, yeah, it'll probably be gone for a while. You're gonna regret it. I kind of feel like you have to buy what's there when it's there. Yeah, a little bit. And hopefully, so. you'll get. You know, I don't think you'll buy anything that you won't get any use out of because you don't have the right stuff. If you've got a few of the basic modules, and I think as we've said before, the resale value is fairly high on all this. Yeah, you could plop it right back up on eBay. Maybe knock ten bucks off the asking price, and someone should probably grab it. Probably get a copy to keep in your safe deposit box for uh, when the apocalypse comes. You know, when there's like a zombie apocalypse, you're going to mm-hmm. want gold, clean drinking water, <laughs> and a couple copies of Festing Budapest, and a crossbow, and a crossbow. Yeah, <laughs> I have a. Uh, I just want to put in a plug. They're not a sponsor, but for Erdenstern, this is a band in Germany on our. Sp- Sister podcast, Spine and Sprocket. Yes. Spineandsprocket.com. 
we have been using music from various sources and Erdenstern is a group out of Germany that uh, has done like role-playing gaming music but it's very atmospheric it's very nice stuff really great stuff and uh, they gave us permission to use their their work for free so very a little nice. plug for Erdenstern E-R- that's two guys Erd and Stern <laughs> no. no E-R-D-E-N-S-T-E-R-N Google them up and maybe make a purchase if you care to. And we recommend that podcast, Spine and Sprocket. We certainly do. It's really good. We talk about books and movies. Sometimes it's uh, World War II stuff. Sometimes it's other things, but it's a good show. We like it. You will, too. And Dave, before we go on with more letters, I just want to mention the fact that there's a great ASL tournament coming up in 2017. So mark your calendar. The Nor'easter 21 is March 30th to April 2nd in 2017 in Boxborough, Massachusetts, which is about 20 minutes west of Boston. At this tournament, there's going to be a five-round main tournament, which starts on Friday, a three-round Friday mini tournament, a three-round Saturday mini tournament, and then there's a big MoFo mini, which lasts all four days. Wow. Yeah, the MoFo. And Thursday the 30th, if you want to get there early, that's going to be available for open gaming if you're not playing in the MoFo. But if you are playing in the MoFo, do you know anything about the MoFo? The big, big scenarios. Big, big. It's most likely, I guess they haven't really decided yet, it's going to feature the Gold Beach scenario from the Monster Pack 2000 by War Oboe Productions. War Oboe. Do you think I'm saying that right? It's O-B-O-E. Oboe. I think so. Yeah. And I, I didn't know anything about this monster scenario pack, so I went on Mark Pitkavich's rarely uh, excellent website to look up the history of this thing. Mark Par- what? Pitkavich. <clears throat> Mark Pitkavich. <clears throat> <laughs> I know. He won't acknowledge us, but we acknowledge him. Because we rise above. We do not carry a grudge. Let's try and unite the, all the ASLs. We're trying to unite, unite everybody, even though he thinks we are scum. Well, I don't think he thinks that. No, he just doesn't we're just not a we, printed product. We, yeah. You know. Apparently, this is a collection of very big scenarios, big scenarios that were put together over the years. And some of the er- the earlier years of ASL, when people wanted to come to tournaments and stuff and play really big scenarios. So there's a collection of them, of them called the Monster Pack 2000. Yes, I remember the Monster. I don't, do not have it. I'll if put you, a link in the show notes. If someone were to so send us a copy could, of that, we could review that on the show. We would toast their health. We would do that. And, and we would toast anyway. The scenario he's talking about here, though, this Gold Beach scenario, has 24 boards. Yeah, yeah. I have heard of this. Eight sets of overlays, hundreds of counters involved, and this will be uh, a team play of four to eight players. Though, on Mark's website, uh, and I will quote something from Mark's website, I can do that. So when I'm talking, I'm going to be speaking in italics, which means that I'm quoting. 16 players is what... Mark is saying eight per side. This is a twenty-four map scenario, maybe the largest published ASL scenario of all time. Moreover, it is one that has actually been played at least three times in Colorado and Michigan and in Great Britain. Essentially, each player manages a three-map sector of the Invasion Beach. It takes at least four hours just to set up the maps. 
And then there's a link here, which we'll include in the show notes. Sounds like a blast. Even though I wouldn't want to play in that, I would love to see it. Did that include all the play tests of the scenario when it was played three times? Yeah, probably. (laughs) It'd be fun to see. Anyway, for full information about the Nor'easter 21, which is March 30th to April 2nd, just go to www.yankeegamers.org. And please encourage your listeners, oh, we're encouraging our listeners to check it out. There's room for everybody. And they welcome players of all skill levels, from starter kit on up. And you can thank Mike Sprague for his efforts of promoting this wonderful wonderful tournament. And we look forward to hearing about that from players that have been there. And now back to letters. Back to letters. And I have a a little uh, letter from David Murray. Just getting back in ASL after a 10-plus year break. Another guy coming back. Recently discovered the podcast, which are great. Started from the beginning, slowly working my way forward. On a recent train journey, I was asked to keep the noise down as I was disturbing the other passengers. The cause of the noise? Laughter. From the two words, Mortar Fokker. Ah, that goes back a few years. (laughs) Keep up the good work. P.S. I know Dave was a playtester for Hakapali, and which scenario do you recommend to play first? Um, I did respond to you in an email, and I forget now which one I recommended. So I'll stop talking about it now. But thank you for letting us know you're out there, and uh, welcome to the uh, the group of listeners that we have. We love having you. Love seeing you out there. And here's an email from from Dave Kleinschmidt. From you, actually, I think. Oh, it's from me. To you. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought this was interesting, going back a couple of episodes when we were talking about creepy clowns. Uh, the next day, I noticed in my uh, the local news that I get on my phone, it says that the Arlington Heights, which is the town where I live, Arlington Heights Police Department has posted an alert regarding clown sightings and what they're doing about it. And it says, this is right from the village of Arlington Heights. The Arlington Heights PD is aware of creepy clown incidents that have been reported across the nation and in some Chicago suburbs. There have been four instances of citizens reporting incidents involving clowns in Arlington Heights. The first incident incurred, and it, it, a, a male was seen riding a bicycle <laughs> wearing a clown mask. The area was searched, however, the male was not located. This is this is newsworthy. That's well, it's local. You for, know. I guess for a small town. Yeah. The second incident occurred in the area of Carefree Park. The caller saw a suspicious person and thought it might be related to the suspicious clown sightings. The caller did not actually see a clown, <laughs> but but a male in a white jumpsuit might seen have been. going into the wooded area near the park. <laughs> might have been a clown. The area was searched. He was not located. A spokesman for clowns. Reported he was glad no clowns were involved. <laughs> Thinking of that Monty Python skit. Third incident occurred at West, Westgate Park. The caller reported seeing a person wearing a clown mask exit the park. The area was searched, <laughs> however. This person was not located. <laughs> I think we ought to call up and just tell them we see a bunch of clowns. And the fourth incident, they, was they've got a, hopefully they, they've less, left the best for last. <laughs> they've learned their lesson. The caller reported seeing a person wearing a clown mask in the neighborhood. The area was searched, however, the person was not located. <laughs> so, those are real. These are authentic these are listeners. Real. This is what the hysteria looked like in yeah. this community yeah. from that clown thing we talked about previously. 
Never authentic. It's like Sasquatch and all those other things. Ancient astronauts. <laughs> I forwarded this to my kids. Did you? Did you? Really? And you know how I ride my bike around a lot? Yeah. I'm going to be one of those funny old guys like riding your bike around the neighborhood. Um, I, I forwarded it to them and I told them I was the one <laughs> on the bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my daughter responded saying, Dad, I, I think you're joking, but... I don't. You you should be you should be very careful if you actually did that. Yeah. <laughs> so so like she was fifty fifty. Like yeah, I could see. My, I could She's see, looking out for her dad. She could. But the thing is, she could actually believe that I did that. Wore a clown mask and rode my bike. She around knows the you well. She, she knows, knows me well. well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for sharing that. I'm Jeff. glad we haven't heard anything more about those. I think that's over. Kind of like streaking. It's pretty well over. It's over. Um, I have a letter from Alan Hume. We all know he's working on the Royal Scott scenarios, or do you say scenario, and he is asking for play testers hmm. for these Royal Scott's scenarios he's working on. So, folks, can you give some time? Uh, contact him at threeeyesmcgurk at hotmail.com. Um, all one word, three eyes, Mick Girk, and or contact us, and we'll put you in touch with him. Also, he says you can contact Pete via the view from the trenches. Hmm, okay. okay. He's trying to move this project along. Uh, he's got lots of regimental histories and war diaries, and he's studying. And so, again, asking for play testers to work on that project. Yeah, from Alan Hume, Edinburgh, Scotland. And here's a letter from Greg Rogers. He says, hey, gents, I listened to your podcast this morning and heard there was someone in the Seattle area looking for an ASL game. I live in the Seattle area and wouldn't mind getting in touch with him for a game as long as he doesn't wear a clown mask during play. No, <laughs> I added that part. Would you be willing to give me his contact info? Love your podcast. Keep up the great work. Love, Greg Rogers. Mm-hmm. So are, did we did we send him that contact information? We're going to do that. Are you okay, Dave? I wasn't listening. I was looking at my next letter. Oh, okay. I, th- I did. If it's a contact thing, I think I did it. Yeah, you're you're very good about that. Which which country? Oh, which country? Which part of the country? Seattle. Yes, we did that. Northwest. Bluest, we did it. Bluest skies you've ever seen are in Seattle. Yes. And the hills, the greenest green. I did that. Like a beautiful child growing up free and wild, <laughs> full of hopes and full of fears, full of laughter, full of tears, full of dreams to last the years in Seattle. Wow. Yeah. Chicago, city of big shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Meatpacking center of the world. <laughs> Crime capital of the universe. That could be. Chicago. Pause A. And we had a comment left on the post, which you don't always read, but it's a rule correction. So that should be read right on the air. Uh, he said, I think you got this rule wrong. Uh, you were talking about the sand rules in chapter F. 7.421. The plus two die roll modifier for entrenching does not apply in a sand location. In other words, it's easier, not harder to entrench in a sand hex. Oh, right. I had flipped it, I think, and then I ra- rationalized it by saying that it's harder because the sand keeps falling back into your hole. <laughs> well, and weren't we talking about um, that... Uh, that like there's bedrock 
under the sand and <laughs> yeah, it's harder prob- to dig through. Probably we did that too. Like but it's, it's easy to dig through the first foot or so and then under that. Yeah. yeah. But in, we got under it, that, it's all linoleum, which we, is very hard to get through. We got it way wrong. Yeah. So it's easier to, of course, entrench in sand. Especially if you spit a little on it as you're going. Yeah. Helps to hold, hold the sides it. Yes. Because otherwise it does fall in. <laughs> Maybe they've got the rule wrong. Should have. We should have done it. And here's one from Jack Dempsey. Hey, Jeff and Dave. Another good episode. Plenty of banter followed by some excellent explanation and dialogue of desert rules. Good stuff. By any chance are you fellows offering up any kotchkis uh, for me to stuff my oh. Christmas stocking? <laughs> No. I already have two shirts and a hat and OBA cards. You guys are well on your way to episode 200. I think it's time for me to reboot and return to episode one and start listening all over. Yes. Happy Halloween. It's very nice of you, Jack. Thank you for being such a loyal listener all these years. Yes, and of course, we kept that to read it because you took time to write. We think you should be heard at least mentioned on the air. Yeah. And no more product until we get rid of these last seven hats. Though there's seven hats left. Six, maybe The seven faces of Dr. Lau could order that. (laughs) Tony Randall could order those. Be done. And I have a letter from Bronson Barnhart. True last name. Hello, I decided to take the ASL plunge. New player. Right. So I went to MMP's website and was upset there's no SK1. I had a few people give me a site or two that might have it. One site did. I ordered and got it. Oh, no, he ordered and was told they were out of stock. Then listening to our podcast, we mentioned what dealer, Jeff? Ritter Krieg. And sure enough, they had a copy. Oh, excellent. Derek. And thank you for chiming in, Bronson Barnhart. Again, new listener, new player. This This is great. What are we up to, about 14 listeners now? Yeah, I think 14. Are you getting ready to wrap up the letters, Jeff? Our final letter from Big Al. Big Al has written and said, The Simpsons have done 600 episodes. Just saying. Oh, the pressure is on. Yeah. So we were thinking maybe wrapping up at around 200, but maybe we should go to 600. Maybe we can. And I would like to remind everyone that this show is brought to you by very kind donations from listeners. Such as? Ron S. Ron, thank you very much. For your very kind donation. We're going to buy a new car with that. Yes, we are. Actually, we're going to take that for tickets to where, maybe? The Dave and Jeff Mobile. Oh, mm-hmm. to Austin. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are, we are starting to save up and maybe sell some... More hats. More hats, yeah. <laughs> we'll sell some stuff and, and uh, get enough money together to go to Austin next year for the Texas ASL tournament. That is our goal. Yeah. Um, but as all of you know... And I can write it off because I have a client in Austin. Oh. <laughs> I do. I do. But as the listeners know, we, we make a lot of these statements. And what's our follow-through ratio? It's usually pretty low, but I don't know. This is. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about this idea. Uh, we, Jeff, we have to. Yeah. We, you can't say pretty good. you got to say, this has to happen. This has to happen. Okay. We're going to have probably enough donations. We could use a few more to get a ticket. Yeah, maybe we should do one of those twenty-four hour like a, or a fast like fasting. Yeah, we're gonna Dave and I are gonna fast for a week unless you send money. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry already just thinking about it. Well, I think. Wait a minute. 
been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? You know what that means, Dave? It's time for us to talk about some really cool scenarios Yeah, we've been playing lately. Can I start off with St. Louis number two? Yeah. From the wonderful St. Louis ASL Club. The pack put out there about the uh, Burma area. This takes place then in Bapikin. For real. Bapi- really? Bapikin? Bapikin. In Burma. Burma. 1942, January 17th. British Frontier Force, actually, and Japanese, of course. I think all the scenarios in the pack, yeah, are Japanese yeah. in Burma. And this one required the Commonwealth to win immediately if they control greater than or equal to six buildings at the end of any player turn or at the end of the game if they control greater than or equal to three buildings. Mm-hmm. So push it real hard and fast, get your six done. Take it slow, get your three. Gives you some good options there. It's playing Eric Ortega. Oh, fun. We have to get back on. Yeah, we got to have Eric back on. And uh, Eric had kind of forgotten that there was an immediate win if you control six. Oh, yeah. That that happened to me playing Rich about a year ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm playing along, and I'm like, boy, he's leaving that left leg dangerously open. (laughs) Damn. Boy, I'm just going to inch my way up here and to the right flank, and then I'm going to shoot across into these buildings. All i got to do is break this one last guy, and this is wide open, and I'm going to win this. And sure enough, then I did that. So, realizing, why didn't you move some of your troopers over there? Oh, six immediately. Oh, Yeah. Therefore, but even so, he'd have to fight to take them back, because it's game end if you got three buildings. But he'd set up a bit in a little bit of a defense. You kind of had to. So you had some of your squads set up between row I and S on this board. And then the rest were uh, on or south of hex row T. So there were two lines of defense. But I think the strategy for the Japanese here is to move that second line forward. I think you're going to need to do that if you're playing Nothing Ventured, St. Louis Scenario 2. Also, very tricky thing here, the Commonwealth Forces has a 9-neg-2 leader, and if he's killed or captured, the ELR of the Frontier Force is reduced to zero. Yeah, zero. Zero. ELR. So anytime you're breaking, oh. you're probably breaking by one. Yeah. So they're going to be reduced, and they are second line and green to start oh, with. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So my 9-neg-2, of course, did not luckily did not end up getting hit there are snipers on the board so you can't you know, elr below a conscript can you i mean no they, then they, you're um oh, yeah. you're disrupted right oh is that what it is yeah. okay yeah but as long as the nine neg two leader is there or the wounded version is and uncaptured the the um they're all fanatic that's a huge difference yeah going from fanatic second and green to uh, ELR of zero with the six morale on those green squads. So that's something you got to look at and protect. Great scenario, St. Louis 2, nothing ventured. Cool, fun. I have a scenario I played with Mr. Spilkey a couple of weeks ago. This is from Bounding Fire Productions, one of the proud sponsors of our show. 
who's proud? Are they proud or are we proud? We're proud. We're proud of them to have, to have them as a sponsor. Trial of the Infantry, and this comes from the Crucible of Steel pack, which Rich and I have been slowly working our way through. We kind of took a little time off while well, I did during the summer because I wanted to be outside, not inside on a weekend. And so, uh, but we're getting back into it now. And this was a very fun scenario, more so because I won. This is, as all these are, Germans against Russians. And this takes place on the steps of the of the beautiful Russian grasslands. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the Russians ha- are forming a defensive position out here in the grasslands. They get three pillboxes, which they need to defend to to game end. And in order for the Germans to win, they have to catch capture the pillboxes. So I have three pillboxes and a Valentine tank that starts dug in. And the Germans have plenty of squads here to come on and try to take them over. But what I did was I set up everything in the back left corner. If you look at the maps, there's a grassy area. So I set up everything back there and had set up a little crossfire. I had plenty of uh, trenches. The grain. Did I say green? Grass. Grass. Grain. Grain, yes. Yeah. It's long grass. I was just reading about a step which in physical geography, a steppe is an echo region in the mountain grasslands and scrublands. So I was thinking yeah. of grass. So I kind of set up close together, and I, I learned, well, I figured out. I actually took some time to look at this <laughs> in advance Ooh, before yeah, you don't came do over, that a lot, which yeah. I don't do a lot. I know Rich really enjoys it. Do you like doing that? Do you like setting up a defense and really kind of examining it? And, I like looking at it quickly. Not setting it up, no. Yeah, and I rarely end up having time to do it or yeah. blow it off. Uh, to, as to do, do I. something else. To, yep. Yeah. It's usually at the eleventh hour. Yeah. But if you're coming to my house, the defense is usually set up, right? Yes. No, yes. you're very good about that. It. I will do to, like Rich said, save time gaming. Right. Yeah. But do you spend a lot of time looking at it and thinking, no. oh, if I was on offense, I would do this. Oh, no, so my no, defense no. is no. like that. No. I actually spent some time on this. <laughs> Now, I won't. I won't say how much time, but I did give it some thought, and I do have some trenches, and I have some options to buy some fortifications. Like I can buy some more trenches, buy wire, uh, concealment counters if I want to. Yeah, that's and most good. mostly what I bought was wire and trenches. I have a couple of. Uh, I have an AT gun and an and an artillery piece, which I did not put in the pillboxes. In fact, I left the pillboxes. I I finally figured it out. I don't need to put anybody in the pillboxes. They'll draw fire with no no one in them? Well, it's just because they're um, too limited in the field they, of fire. There you go. We just talked about, we're going to talk about that on the next show yeah. with Rich. So I had actually so, originally started by having some squads in there with uh, the medium and the heavy, but I took them out. I brought them out so that they could fire from the trenches. And you don't get quite as much protection in the trenches, but it actually worked out. So Rich had to cross some open ground, which he did very effectively, as he usually does. He had a nice big 81-millimeter uh, oh, yeah. mortar, mortar, and he was dropping smoke. smoke. He did smoke like crazy. Rate of fire. So smoke, that he could yeah. move up. But uh, still, it was it was too much for him. He had to cross too much ground in order to get to where I was hidden back there in, that gra- in the uh, grain. And... He couldn't make it. Excellente. So victory. He tried really hard. <laughs> victory. I'm feeling really good about myself. <laughs> you know, and that's encouraging because yeah. I, I remember the day a couple years ago, 
you were about ready to hang it up. I was ready to hang it up, I think, six months ago. When, once when I went to your house, I thought, <laughs> this is it. I can't do it anymore. And suddenly you have three victories in a row? Yeah, and I'm feeling a little cocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to Aslock next year and kind of clean up. <clears throat> Excuse me, you are, and you're playing rich. And I'm playing rich. Good, and very good player. He and, beats me. And you guys teach me a lot. And, you know, I, I have to say, you guys are very patient with me. Because I have a short-term memory problem. <laughs> I do. And I, I still stumble all over the rules. And I, I will admit this. How long have we been doing this podcast? Eight years? Uh, you know better than I. I still get confused. And I'm good with writing code for computers and mm-hmm. doing complicated spreadsheets and stuff but when i roll those dice and i think do i do i add one or I subtract three uh, really it still stumps me up that one i got down and i look at the dice there's a five and a three there and i'm thinking is that a nine is that a i think it's uh i think i'm a little defective in the brain area <laughs> do you remember so i'm when, a little slow do you remember when we played the snipers wrong oh yeah <laughs> yes. it was like i was leading that <laughs> that was crazy yeah but no, it's so a, I appreciate you know, your and, patience. And Rich, and Rich, and Rich plays too. very, very officially. He does, right? And I he, play a little sloppy, like in terms of should we bother looking this up, right? Or you know, yeah, kind of thing. But but we had a game coming up. Um, I'll do uh, fire teams. I played. Oh, which side of this? Because I'm playing into the rubble. I'm now playing most of them with Tom Barklow. Mm-hmm. And we were playing the Ceramic Factory. It's this side of the card this last time. The Russians win by controlling a factory overlay or a... Oh, and building 20C8, which is like a small factory kind of thing, or a a bigger building compared to single X buildings. So I went for... You've got the German attacking and... No, I'm sorry, defending... And so I set up a defense. You got minefields, anti-tank mines, wire roadblocks. I love that stuff. Three of the tanks with no turrets, the Yagdapons or fours. 75 LL guns, so they're decent, but, you know, no turrets to turn. Yeah. And a couple AT guns, and then SS squads. So it's a nice, strong defensive force. And the Russians come on with a lot of guys. This is a a six-and-a-half-turn game. Dense encounters, 20, looks like 31 for the Russians coming on. And it played fairly quickly. We did it in a night. I had a defense ready to go, and he was moving up along the left side there. And I remember he's like, oh, he's going to blow through this, but I had a little minefield set once he came out of this building. But that's a good way to try and attack, and if the defender doesn't cover that, you'll get a nice advantage there. And... Um, he's coming on with a lot of tanks. And in the end, yeah, I, I managed to hold on there. Would you say it was many tanks? I would say eight for the Russian. And I'm struggling now to remember, what do you do with all those eight tanks? You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> no, these <sighs> tanks were brutal. It says I won, but you know what? Now that I'm looking at it, all I can remember is this. 152 is blowing the crud out of me. Oh, yeah. So so now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, how did I win this thing? 
But you've got to avoid those 152s. So you got to skulk. You know, when they get zeroed in on you, forget oh, it. Oh, yeah. Don't even, would... don't even hang around there. Yeah. Seriously, do not hang around there. But you had an, I had enough to pull it out. And you got your Panzerfausts, and you got a couple, you got three Shreks. So okay, there you go. You got to go hunt those down and get them out of the game. Yeah. So really enjoyed it. Which yes. rarely works for me. To have the Shreks. Uh, yeah, I've never been. I've never been good with bazookas and Shreks, where I get into a position where I can fire it without the back blast or get in position. Usually, a tank will go rolling by, and I'm trying to get there in time, and I can't get there in time. I'm just not. I need to play more. Just not good at that. So Tom is. Uh, does he own the rules? Tom Barcolo? Yeah. Yes. He's starting oh, yeah. to buy like everything. Oh, he is. Okay. He, he always questions why he does. Cause, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Because it's, it's, it's so frustrating? It, or because it's so expensive? Oh, like he'll never get to play at all. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Especially, I think I'm his only opponent. He doesn't. Oh, or, okay. He used to come to Passel, but now weeknights are too hard. Yeah. And I don't have many of them anymore. Yeah. Kind of defunct. So. Um, there you go. Ceramic Factory Into the Rubble by Bounding Fire Productions. Yeah, I was thinking the other day how I don't really... Bounding Fire Productions. Bounding Fire Productions. The other day how you what? You know, Dave. Yes, Jeff. Bounding Fire Productions produces only the best thoroughly play-tested action-packed scenarios and campaigns. You bet they do. Their commitment to customer service and satisfaction underlies everything they do. Bounding Fire values quality over quantity. You bet. And their track record demonstrates that. And you get a lot of quantity, too, with good quality. In addition to the Hell on Wheels pack, they were the design team responsible for such products as Onslaught to Orsha, the original Beyond the Beachhead, and Scenarios of the Year from Journals 2 and 3, just to name a few. Into the Rubble. Into the Rubble. High Ground. Beyond the Beachhead 2. Operation Cobra. And Into the Rubble is going to be redone with a version 2 and many more scenarios added in. Yeah. And they've got Blood and Jungle, Crucible of Steel, which I'm playing right now, Poland in Flames, which you have, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So check them out at www.boundingfire.com and be sure to look on their website for their Vassal Maps, which they have for, I think, all of their products. Or you can find them on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Bounding Fire. And when you order, tell them the two half squads sent you, and they'll say, who? (laughs) Bounding Fire. Bounding Fire. And our last scenario is one that's not a bounding fire. Hey, it's our only MMP product for the night. Look yeah. at this. We got St. Louis. We got bounding fire. We got all this great stuff. And somehow we found time for an, Who needs for an MMP? MMP. And this one was called Infiltrators. Yes, indeed. We played it together. Yes, we did. And it was fun. It takes place in Bercy, France in the, on the 4th of August, 1944. Designed by Ian Daglish. The late, yes, great Ian the late great Ian Daglish. And the British versus the Germans, and Jeff took the side. Jeff being me, I'm going to speak to speak as myself in the third <laughs> person now. Jeff took the side of the British, which and this this was a 
fun scenario. I thought so. Now, in the end, you were a little bit like not a lot of replayability. Yeah, and I, I, I would take that back because I thought about it later, and I thought, actually, oh. this this was really fun. I think what I liked about it, uh, first of all, it's, it's kind of sparse as far as the number of actual counters you have. Yes. But it's a large series of maps. It's three full map boards. Which you need because we're all flying around. I, as the German... I guess I was the attacker trying to stop your convoy from exiting, was it three trucks on the south edge? Yeah, I, I start with six trucks that come on at any time at any time when I want off of one end of the board. And I have to cross them and exit at least three of them off the other end of the board. And the Germans need to pick from four groups to come on. Company yeah. one, two, three, and five. I don't know what happened to four. And there's the PSWs in one section and a half squad. Another section has SPWs, four motorcycles, and a full squad of SS. Company three, you could pick the SPWs with the 37L, one of those, or three with AMGs and a half squad and an eight neg one. Or company five, which is the half tracks, two with the 75 short cannon, one with a machine gun, nine neg one leader, and a full squad. And I, you know, choosing those forces for the German. Also, again, you know, Ian was pretty brilliant at this stuff, but you, you've got to counter what the British are going to have. So having a mortar is great against open-topped British vehicles. Uh, having direct fire weapon with a 75, but it's got no armor piercing. So what are you going to use to kill the British uh, vehicles? And you had vehicles that were... Yeah, I, I first of all, I had... the. This uses board six, which has a very famous uh, chateau in the center of the board, mm -hmm. which takes up about uh, Three, four, five, six, six, six hexes, yeah. I guess. And I have to set up within three hexes of that chateau, the center of that chateau, with four, 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 seven squads, a two, three, seven, half squad, and an AA gun, and a leader, and a piot. Mm -hmm. And... Somehow those need to set up in the center of the board. And then there I get to to come on with three groups, small groups, one of which is the convoy, the convoy itself. And the other is just a couple of uh, like armored cars with a couple of small machine guns. Yeah. Oh, really. the 40Ls were on those Daimler yeah. ACs. Yep. All fast vehicles, 30-plus movement points. Yeah, so they can move around, and um, but... It, it's it's a weird look, and actually, as I looked at it again later, I thought, yeah, this actually would be fun to play a couple of different ways just to see how, how it could be done. So what I chose to do was to uh, bring on, I think I, bring on, I brought on the 44Ls first. Well, you came on first, right? Let's see. Yeah, I set up. You came on with one yeah, group. Yeah, I sent a group toward the back of the board to yeah. try and stop you, then realized you can come on on my left or behind me. So I had to face these three vehicles three different directions to cover myself in case you entered the board right by me. Right. So it's real cat and mousy. And I, I decided to bring on the three 40, uh, vehicles with the 40Ls and the two with the bow machine guns to kind of tie you up. Yeah, the cars, armored uh, cars, right. Where you had come on. Then you had another group come on. And that one went, where did I put that one, to help attack you uh, in the back of the game? Yeah. Yeah. Came in on the east side, I think. Yeah. And then we had some firing. You ended up holding most of that back area with just a couple vehicles, right? Yeah. 
No, no. In the end, we had some good. We had some good fire. Yeah, going back and you forth. You got to try and surround the guy, get him from the sides. You got different armor factors and yeah. different gun capabilities. So you need to kind of know your vehicle. You drove right up, right up next to me a couple of times. I just, I fortunately I had a smoke dispenser, so I just dispensed yeah, some smoke, you, which you helped me out well. a little bit. Mm-hmm. With that, that's something that I've learned from Rich. That's really been helpful. I got in with some close combat. My P, my my Panzer Faust were not working too well to blow up your tanks, but the Germans have that option, but very few squads. Yeah. So. And then I decided, uh, I guess it was on about turn three, I brought on the convoy. Mm-hmm. Coming down south. It moves very slowly. Yes, because it's, wow. it's two movement factors per hex wow, when they're in convoy. So they don't get very far. They only got 12 hexes. And then uh, you, I got, you very quickly moved up on them. With the SPWs, or did I not bring those in? Um, uh yeah, there's two sets of SPWs, so I had one set. Yeah, yeah. I brought in the 75s. I, and the AAMGs up close, thinking I could kill you. I needed six or less, is missed every time I'm killing a truck. Once you saw me, you could disband. Yes, which helped a lot. I kind of forgot about I, that. I could, broke up, I could break up the convoy. And I sat there for a turn, about a turn and a half, and was just uh, sort of trying being to tied defend up the in convoy. that and trying to defend the convoy. You brought the my, Crusader in. Yes, but the Crusader has to be crew exposed to and fire. It, and it wasn't effective. Because it's got the AA guns. It's got yeah. a lot of huge firepower with these AA guns. Yeah. 12 shots, double 24, sixes, double their 12s against infantry. But there's not a lot of infantry. Oh. Yeah. And then um, then I decided, well, I'll just turn these trucks around and go the other way. Yeah, and they flew across and the roads. Because at that point, they could go their full movement on roads. Half movement point on yeah. X. They were hauling. And so... I'm chasing them down with some SPWs or the one gun one, which the guns don't work very well against the trucks. No, and that was kind of surprising. Man, you want to bring to bear a lot of IFT firepower. Yeah. And the best I was getting was six shots, six or less, to kill your trucks. Yeah. So the German could move some infantry to the exit area, it appeared Jeff would go to. And uh, try and get a first fire shot and subsequent shot on the way off, and yeah. didn't make it. So it's a lot of territory to cover with relatively few counters, and so that 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 kind of makes it interesting. Plus, there's a lot of bocage. This is a bocage. Oh yeah, scenario. so you stay into so the roads. Mm-hmm. You got to stay on the roads. Uh, you know, I've got this nice uh, 40L AA gun on setup, but I don't know. I didn't know where to put that thing. It, it, where did, it, could... it, it killed the, my vehicles. Oh, the AA gun. Yeah, AA you fired gun. it down the road. I kept yeah. zipping by and yeah. you'd get a shots at like plus a gazillion. Yeah. But you did hit one with a crit. I finally did I think you got to start rolling that t- to a different Moving place. Moving it, yeah, uh-huh. maybe. Because you can push it and you got enough turns to if you kind of just yeah, I always I always forget it because I always think, geez, that just seems like. So slow. Yeah, and it's kind of fun. you got to pre-plan where you think your trucks are going to try and go off, and maybe you can move stuff over there. Well, that's true. But then the German goes there, starts fighting those guys, and you think, oh, I'm going to go the other way. Yeah. So it's, it's a, again, cat and mouse, a lot of hunting, hunting and moving. And I had these, I had uh, two 447 squads, and I wasn't sure where they were going. They ended up just running back up, you know, first up the road, one way. four hexes, and then... Back down the road, next turn, back down the road another way. Yeah, when the trucks turned their direction, they had to go chase and try and protect <laughs> They're them. probably like, yeah. who's in charge here? 
Maybe they should move to the back to help yeah. cover the exit. But, but there so, you go. Fun fun scenario I'd recommend infiltration mm-hmm. infiltrators. That was from Action Pack uh, 4. 4. We just yep. finished 4. Finally. <laughs> We've been working on Action Since Pack 4. Since 2011. Yeah. But, well, we played a lot of St. Louis in between. Yeah. Play testing it yeah. also. Yeah. So now we're on to Action Pack 5. That'll be we coming up we'll... probably next episode. Yep. If we're good. Well, I'm about done, Jeff. Call it a night, sir. I think I am, too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We just love doing this show, and we love having you as listeners, and we love playing ASL. So thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll we'll sign off by saying, uh, remember to roll low. And rally well. But not, but not when, when you're, you're Don Trump. Us. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> not but not when, when you're, you're Hillary Clinton. Clinton. Oh, yeah. But not, not when you're playing, playing us. us. There we go. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Crazy that uh, that whole election was crazy. I kept hoping Perry Cock would win. Did you write him in? I did write him in. Yeah, yeah, I did too. So he got two votes. <laughs>